Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we find ourselves in the house of God. We have worshiped in your presence. We have joined with the angels in heaven to uh, lift up your mighty uh, presence in our lives. Uh, you are the reason for our existence. And the reason for our existence is to glorify you and to allow the whole of creation to see your glory and to give you worship and honor and praise. So we pray this morning that you would bless your word and that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts, Lord, that would bring forth a harvest that would continue to shine bright in this dark time. We pray that the hope and inspiration, your word, which is breathed by you, would be our life. And that we might walk in that word, Father God, to establish your purpose in our hearts. We pray that your word would be uh, a bread of life that nourishes our spirit. For you have said that man is not to eat of bread alone, but of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we pray that your word would have its perfect way in us, allowing us to return and to be convicted of righteousness, to be exhorted, to be rebuked to turn in a manner which honors you and prospers our way. Be glorified. And we thank you that you would bless your word this morning and that it would not return void. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There was uh, some are surprised that they would walk into church and they would uh, have the sentiment, uh, why is it that the word of God is put on the table. Uh, our focus and primary purpose of gathering as a church is to receive the word of the Lord. Uh, as the word of the Lord issues forth, it begins to, to move in your heart in a way that moves you towards the purpose of God. Um, there were uh, many things that I had heard growing up, but I had never heard the word of the Lord. Uh, those of you that know our testimony, my father was a doctor and uh, 25 years into his marriage with my mother, they're in the middle of a divorce. They're in the middle of a separation. Uh, we were a religious family. That means we attended uh, the traditional uh, Spanish religion church. Um, and the Bible at our home, uh, if it ever existed, was opened up to Psalm 23 and is sat in the living room and no one read the Bible. My mom wouldn't pick up the book. My dad would not pick up the book. I remember I was eight years old, and I picked it up, and I looked at it. I said, man, this is weird, and I just put it back. I didn't understand it, and so in that regards, the most we would do with the word that was there in the living room is that whenever we had a bad thought or something we needed help, we would look over to it, and we would go like this, and we would, we would keep on moving, but you know, it was a holy book, but what good is a holy book that you don't read, and the truth of the matter is um, there came a time where uh, the word was preached to my mom. Uh, she went over to her cousin's house and from 10 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the afternoon, they launched the word of God. They proclaimed the word of God. They preached the word of God. They kept on saying the word of God says and the word of God says and they preached and they preached and they preached. And, and, and my mom would say, see, you guys sound like a bunch of dummies. All you do is, is say what's in that book. All you do is repeat what's in that book. All you do is memorize what's in that book. How many thank God for the preaching of the word of God? For some people that read the word of God, some people that learn the word of God, some people that preach. Because every time they preached the word of God, they were like missiles that were going in her direction. And they were blowing up everything, all her reasoning, all her arguments all the things that she tried to defend herself with. Um, she was no uh, competition uh, to the word of God that was being proclaimed. 
And I remember that day like if it was yesterday. Uh, I was about 14, 15 years old, and we jumped in the car at 6 o'clock at night, and, and we started going back home. They had spent the entire day going back and forth. My mom would argue, and they would preach. She would tell them one thing, and she, they would preach. And then all of a sudden, uh, we're headed home, and... And I said, Mom, why are you crying? Why, why, are you, why, why, are you, why is your face all messed up there? Uh, did they hurt your feelings? And, they, and she says, no, you, you just don't know how to behave at other people's houses. That's why I'm crying. I was like, that's not what was going on. What was going on was a lot deeper. She was being confronted with her self-righteousness and her religious uh, resume. Uh, we got home, and, and she was so curious because of that word that was being preached that she did not know. She did not know the word. So she went to a place where we had a, a, a shelves full of books. We used to call it our library. The encyclopedia was there. For those of you who don't, don't know what an encyclopedia is, um, it was Google back in the 70s. Um, that's where we learned everything. We'd go over to the encyclopedia. And there was a, 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 a dusty old Bible that my brother, my older brother, had taken from a, from a hotel room. Uh, it was the Gideon's Bible. And it was the old King James Version. And my mom pulled it out. And she began to read the word that had been preached to her all that night. And for seven days, uh, the word became reality to my mom. And the preaching of the word did not return void. And it, without the preaching of the word, we would not be sitting here today. The only way that anybody ever comes to God and comes to heaven is because somebody preaches the word. Without a preacher, and I know a lot of people don't like preachers, I love preachers. Because they are God's princes upon the earth. They're preaching the gospel. You couldn't stop a preacher from preaching if you paid him. You can stop a preacher from preaching if you killed him. When David Wilkerson went out to the streets of New York and the gangs in the 1950s, he ran into a, a gangster called Nicky Cruz. By the way, he's going to be coming soon. So that's just a, yes, absolutely. He's already told me he's coming. He wants to know this place. He wants to uh, become familiar with his spiritual offspring. And so he confronted Nikki on the street. He says, what are you doing? He says, I'm preaching the gospel. Jesus loves you. He says, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. And he says, Nikki, you could cut me into a thousand pieces and throw me on the street. And each of those pieces will preach to you, my friend. They will tell you Jesus loves you. So what Nikki says, you know something? You're insane. He's not insane. He's being obedient to Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, where Jesus tells his disciples, our mandate is to preach the word. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to everything that looks like a creature. Isn't that awesome? That, that God wants us to direct the preaching of the gospel of his word to everything that moves, everything that doesn't move, everything that breathes, even those things that don't breathe, we can prophetically declare the words of life so that they might raise from the dead. And, and this word is so precious. And, and actually, those who lose sight of this mandate begin to lose focus and they're shipwrecked in the faith. Why? Because the word of God is no longer their priority. The preaching of the word is no longer at the forefront of their spiritual life. If, if the word preaching is a weird word, but it's, it's, it's proclamation. It doesn't say teach the gospel. It doesn't say meditate on the. It doesn't say instruct the gospel. It says preach the gospel. And preaching is when you speak out loud with the enthusiasm of giving somebody exciting news. It's a boy! What a dad does over at the maternity ward when he sees his son come out, he proclaims at the top, it's a girl! And, and they will speak loud and clearly. Um, it, it was the same, uh, these preachers were the ones that ran before kings to announce their coming to the towns where the king was coming. 
The king would come and he wanted his subjects to know and to be present. He wanted to participate. And so this heralding, if you will, this preaching, this speaking out loud, how many know that your children will know what excites you at home? Some of us is go Dolphins. Other ones is go Marlins. Go Babe Ruth. Go Hank Aaron. And, and we are raising up our voice with excitement to those things that our heart are capturing. But your kids will capture what is proclaimed in your house. And the word is what needs to be proclaimed. The word is what needs to be brought forth. Here Paul understands this. He says, without preaching, there's no salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.21. Without preaching the word, no one would be able to get saved. For since in all the inventory of God's wisdom, imagine that. Imagine everything that you can know about God that exists It says that through that wisdom, through that library of God's knowledge, the world did not know God. It's supposed to be that you look at the sun and go, there's a creator. You look at the stars and the moon. You look at the ocean. You look at the animals. You look at the flowers. You look at creation and they should tell you there's a great big God. But the Bible says through the expanse of of the understanding of God, the people did not know God. So it pleased God. It was his pleasure to say, okay, how will I get people to know my salvation? That through the foolishness of the word, the message preached, salvation would come to those who believe. Have you ever had a person that tries to prove to you that God exists and that God has a plan for his life and that he has a heaven and that he has there's a hell? And there's sin, and there's a Lamb of God who takes away the sins. If we did not have the preaching of the word, we would have no clue about anything. So we must preach the word. Because in that, and then sometimes we think we need more than that, but truly no. The foolishness of the message that is preached shall bring salvation to those who believe. You know, um, I was 16. I had never heard that God loved me and he had a plan for me and that he could forgive my sins. I had heard that he was upset at me and that he's going to hit me over the head and he's angry and I'm going to go to hell. And on, on the best day, I would go to purgatory. Where the heck did that come from? It's not here. It's not in the word. There is no such thing as purgatory. So then when I figured that one out, after the word was preached to me, I I, I started understanding that which was being preached to me. I said, wait a second, I'm not going to purgatory. I'm going to hell. I'm going to end up at the wrong place. And nobody told me. Because it's the preaching of the word that brings salvation. But it's the foolishness of that message that causes some people to turn away and not to listen. And so I thank God that, that it was a simple message. But... Thank God that somebody was able to be bold enough to launch it in my direction. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who is whoever? Who is whoever? Whoever is everybody, every creature, everything that God has put upon the earth to call upon his name shall be saved. And so this is the premise that that we're to go to the world and preach the gospel to everyone so that they might be saved. This salvation message is really simple. Uh, I I walked into a law office once and one of the lawyers there, he says, no, 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 I believe that Jesus was a Martian. I go, okay. I believe he was just visiting our planet. I believe that, and he had all these beliefs. I said, wait a second. I understand you believe all that. Now let me preach to you the gospel. God loves you. You're a sinner. He sent his son to die for you so he could forgive your sins. If you receive him, he'll give you eternal life. He goes, I don't want it. I go, okay. My job was to preach. I was able to convey the message. And so our responsibility is grave because whoever you do not preach to, 
doesn't get saved, doesn't listen, doesn't even have a chance. That man, when he gets to heaven, the Lord will rewind the video, the Lord will play it slow motion, and he will see how many times, because I believe I wouldn't be the last one, the Lord tried to reach him with the preaching of the word. And so I would just be one. Uh, I remember one man, the Lord says, preach to him. I was like, no, he's going to beat me up. He's going to get angry because he was a santero. He was wearing all the white garb. He was wearing all the chains. He was wearing a, a red handkerchief. And the Lord says, go and preach the gospel to him. I said, no, Lord, he's going to punch me in the nose. He's going to be angry with me. So I didn't preach to him. Now, the following week came, seven days later, I lied to you not, I'm sitting down at the same place where that man was, he's sitting right next to me in normal clothes, and he's telling the owner of the cafeteria, he's saying, you know something, last week a woman told me that what I was doing was wrong and it didn't please the Lord, and that I had to throw it all away, and she came to my house and we threw everything away, and I became a Christian. I was like, no, no, Lord, that can't be. I couldn't believe it, but guess what? I wasn't the first one to talk to him. Many people had talked to him. I would have been the last one, but I didn't preach to him. I got scared. But some young girl talked to him, and he did exactly what she said. He threw away all his witchcraft. He emptied out his house. He was dressing normal, and now he loved Jesus Christ because somebody was bold enough to preach to him the gospel. And, and so make it simple. Make it sincere. Try and get people to take you serious with this preaching. Here it says in Romans 10 verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, he's going to be saved. And then verse 14 says, how then will they even learn to call upon him whom they have not believed in? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? You can't call a one that you don't believe in. You can't believe in the one you haven't heard about. And how will they hear? Without a preacher, without somebody that, that says, you know something, I need to deliver the goods. Whatever they do with it, that's their scenario. Uh, I, I love the story of talking to people about the Lord for years, and then 10, 20, 30 years, they go, man, you were telling me, you were telling me, and you told me, and you told me, stop telling me, I'm going to tell you till I die, that God loves you, he has a plan for your life. He's a good God. His word is awesome. And so that's what Paul is writing here to the Romans when he says, who's going to call upon them if they don't believe? Who's going to believe if they do not hear about them? Who's going to hear if there's no preacher? Verse 15, it says, how beautiful. How shall they preach unless somebody tells them they're going to preach? So this morning, I want to tell you, go and preach the word. Go and preach the word. Go and preach the word. You go and preach the word. You go and preach the word. You got to preach the word. I'll sit here for two hours. You got to preach the word. If you don't preach the word, nobody hears, nobody believes, nobody calls, nobody will be saved. How many know that the devils are not going to preach the word? Demons will not preach the word. Why? Because they're lying the whole time, and the word of God is true. So we know the devils are not going to preach. How many know that wicked people, ungodly people, are not going to preach the word? No. All they know how to do is curse. They don't know how to bless. And so if you don't preach the word, if I don't preach the word, I, I love being in a captive audience. This, this man who is a friend of the family's, um, he, he's been moving some furniture to Ocala. And so he's going to go live with his daughter and he has no one to drive him. I'll drive you six hours all the way up and I'll drive you six hours all the way back because I'm going to be preaching the word of God to him the whole time. And so I decided on the way up the first time about two weeks ago, I would put on Nikki Cruz's testimony and he began to cry and cry. He says, why am I crying? I go, no, that's just your eyes are sweating. <laughs> he was bawling. This time on Friday, we went up there. We left at 6 o'clock real early in the morning. And I said, what could I do this time? What could I do? And I remember an old preacher in Puerto Rico named Yi Avila. 
And Yi Yi has a testimony on YouTube for two hours. So we listened to the preaching of the word for two hours all the way up. And he started crying and weeping. He says, look at here I go again. He's 86 years old. The end of his life, the Lord is being faithful to him to preach the word. And it's awesome. It's awesome. He's able to uh, minister to his spirit because one of the things the word is, is a nourishment to our spirit. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. He says, man should not live by bread alone. There's a lot of you guys that are always inviting people out to restaurants. Hey, man, I had this great sub sandwich. I had this great bitempanisao. I had this great meal. I had this great croutons on a salad. But the Bible says, and Jesus told the devil, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that has come out of the mouth of God. The, the nourishment we need is that somebody would be bold enough to preach the word. The, the, the word is not a mechanical religious uh, theology or put together of words. It's, it's actually the spirit of God. The Bible says the word is God breathed. So when you're telling somebody what the word of God says, it's actually throwing the power of God in their direction. There's one young man we met on a missionary field, um, and he says, Pastor, I wrote five parables. I go, you wrote five parables? I said, let me ask you, young man, do you think your five parables are more powerful than the five parables of Jesus in the Bible? Do you think that Jesus doesn't, that, that needs more parables? Why don't we use the word of God? The Bible says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's, it's sharp. It says it nourishes our spirit. You could come up with poems. You could come up with fascinating words. You could come up with the theological deep, deep truths. And, you could, and that's just darkness. But his word is a lamp. His word is a light. Hebrews 4.12 says that, that there's nothing sharper then the word of God, when it, it comes, the word of God is living. When, when, you're, when you're putting that on somebody, it's not going to die there. He's going to go home thinking about it. Hey, uh, this, uh, uh, Nicky Cruz says that when he was confronted by David Wilkerson, all he could hear were those words followed him everywhere. They followed him to school. They followed him on the bus. They followed him on the subway. They followed him to his girlfriend's house. He kept on hearing the words of God that were coming upon his life. He, he was like, he was covering his ears and he could still hear it. He would cover his eyes and he could still uh, experience this word that was living. The word of God is living and powerful. That word powerful is the Greek word dunamis, which means dynamite. Imagine the, the explosion that happened to the heart of my mom when she decided to visit her cousin. I'm just going to tell her a couple things. She was no competition to all those explosions that were taking place in her direction that tore her apart. That's why she was crying. She lost. Christ won. Grace wins again. And so an entire family comes to the Lord because of the preaching of the word. Sharper, powerful than any two-edged sword. Piercing all the way to the depth of the soul and the spirit. We do a disservice. I know preachers that preach and they never use the word of God. I know preachers that, that stand in the pulpit every Sunday and they say, we don't bring the word because the word cuts. I said, like, man, you're going to be here. You're going to get cut up. You're going to get cut nice and trim. There's going to be an effect. There should be an effect unless you harden your heart and become an apostate. And it doesn't mean nothing to you. You don't even listen. There's no response. You're indifference to the word. But here he says that divides between the soul and the spirit. Uh, the word of God is not this, um, this sentimental sensuality that men look for. Oh, I wanted to go there. Uh, this is like uh, Naaman. He says, when I got there, I wanted him to speak some nice words over me. He says, brother, this is not about nice words. This is about you getting healed. This is about leprosy leaving your life. Let, let the word of God has of its effect because it's coming to do something supernatural in your life. And, and I believe that to the extent we allow this word, let's go back to Hebrews 4.12, that allow this word to deeply penetrate our being. It says that it pierces 
to the depth of our soul and our spirit, to the joints and marrows. That you know where blood cancer starts? In the marrow. And the word of God wants to go all the way there and tell devil, you don't belong here. Get out of this place. The word of God needs to be deep. It needs to be profound. And it allows you to actually weigh your thoughts and your heart's intentions. There's nothing more, more crude than a person says, I am good and I am righteous. And then the word of God comes. It's like, ooh, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I thought I was doing good. And the word of God showed me I wasn't doing good. So that, that allows for repentance if, if you allow the word to go there. Um, we continue on to say this regards of preaching the word of God is the nourishing of our spiritual life. John 6, 35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. This word became flesh and dwelt among us. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. As we were listening to the preaching of God's word up there to Ocala with this man, for the two and a half hours, it was supernatural because there was so much peace in that car. There was power. Uh, Yi Avila tells his testimony how he was a sports, he was a baseball player in the minor leagues, and he was a body, uh, uh, one of those weightlifters, and he got chronic arthritis and couldn't even walk at the age of 20. And so the Lord sat him down and brought a heavy sickness over his life, and he had to call out upon the name of the Lord. The Lord says, not yet. I'm going to heal you, but not yet. And then all of a sudden he says, Lord, if you heal me, I'll become a preacher. And he is the Billy Graham of South America, of Puerto Rico. And he preached up to millions upon millions of souls. And so that preacher uh, was now, he's been dead now about 10 years, but he's still preaching in this car as we're going up to Ocala. And he's sharing his testimony, how Jesus came in his heart. He says his wife got upset at him and said, if you continue to believe in Jesus Christ, I'm going to divorce you. And he says, well, my th uh, tough luck, honey. I think uh, we're going to have problems. And then the Lord spoke to her in a dream at night, and she became a Christian. There was a supernatural impartation of this family, three daughters in his life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the one that nourishes the spirit. I'm the one that allows you, when we finished this trip, when we got to Ocala, we were super refreshed in God's presence. He was freaking out. It was supernatural. Why is it supernatural? 2 Timothy 3.16. Because all this word, everything that has been written in this book is breathed, that word inspiration, is breathed by God. So some people think it's religion. Some people think it's ecclesiastical dogma. No, it's actually the breath of God, and it brings favorable results. It allows us to instruct, and this instruction allows you to determine good and bad. There's a lot of things going on with this drug culture. Here's, here's what the drug dealers are doing now. They are... They are inventing drugs that chemically are not illegal. So the law will say, the government says, we will not allow you to smoke or be induced or influenced by these chemicals. And they'll go out and make up some other chemicals. So they come in, they find the people all plastered that says, you're going to jail. No, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm doing the stuff that you're not, you haven't said is illegal. You said cocaine is illegal. You said heroin is illegal. This is a whole bunch of weird chemicals that I put together and I smoke. So you can't put me into jail like that. So the, the scenario is that where the word of God is not issuing for, the people are all over the place. The, the best thing that could happen to any of us is for a preacher to show up and to proclaim the word of God. This is what God is breathing in your direction. Why? Because it's profitable. It's fruitful. Let's, let's watch what it's fruitful for. To correct, to instruct, um, 2 Timothy 3.16. It teaches us what is true, and it makes us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do right. So it's four things that the word of God, when it is preached, it helps people. First, those people that are doing wrong have a chance to understand it's wrong. 
Then it teaches you what is right. Then it teaches you when you mess up how to come back and be corrected and stay the course. Finally, instruction for righteousness. Without the word of God, that's what some people think, I'm not going to discipleship. All they do there is teach the word. You're missing out all this that's happening. Right now, there's 54 people taking discipleship on Friday nights. I thank God for that. That's a revival in this place. Amen. There are people that want to know more of the word of God. And they want to press into that which God has breathed. Listen what it says in verse 17. This word that is breathed by God that teaches us what is true so that every person that belongs to God might be complete. And some people feel, I'm, i, I got to find myself. I, I feel like I'm not all there. Well, it's because the word of God is not all there in your life. If you want to be all there in your life, come to the word of God and let it have its scrutiny thoroughly equipped for every good work, everything that you're going to have to do in life, this word wants to instruct you. It's, it's incredible that some people don't understand that the preaching of God's word makes a good husband. The preaching of God's word makes a virtuous wife. The preaching of God's word makes an, an honorable son. It makes a, a profitable and prosperous businessman. As, as you see... Uh, the words of God are, are vast. Joshua 1.8, when, when Joshua is coming into the place of leadership, God speaks to him and he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that is written in it. For if you live according to the word of God, your way will be prosperous and you'll have success in everything you do. I want to go to school so I can be prosperous. I want to go to be, uh, to invest in business. I want to, this, this man, I'm going to tell you a secret. This man was building 750 single family homes in Country Walk. He had invested $50 million in a credit line that was rotating. He would build 20 houses, pay back the, sell them, get back the money and go to the bank and build the next 20. So he was building 750 single-family homes. And he lost it all. And he says, I don't understand my life. I said, you didn't meditate on the Word of God. You didn't do it God's way. You didn't follow God's lead. If you want to be prosperous and successful, allow the Word of God to have its good way in your heart. Don't resist it. Don't renounce it. Don't run away from it. I said, I, I, I got a little bit angry with him because I, I said, how dare you live life without God's instruction? How did you think it was going to go? God wants to instruct you in every area of your life so that you prosper in all things so that you will have good success. People think it's, it's who you know, it's, it's what you know, it's how you know, it's where you go. No. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, let it not be the counsel of the ungodly, let it not be the path of sinners, let it not be the seat of scoffers, but let it be the meditation of his word day and night. Amen. You will be like a tree planted next to the rivers of water that give forth fruit in its season. Whatever you do after you have received the word equals prosperity. I don't know a thing on the earth that gives you that promise with such resolve. That if you listen to the preaching of the word, if, you, if it moves your heart to move in the direction of God, you're going to see a fruitful life. So that you're fully complete and equipped for everything God has on this earth. 2 Timothy 4.1, in the presence of God, Paul is telling the, now his disciple, he says, listen, if I were before God and I was to tell you something before Jesus Christ who's going to judge you. Why, why is Paul so intense? Why couldn't we be at McDonald's eating chicken McNuggets and having a caramel sundae? Why does he put us before God and then he puts Jesus on the throne? He says, these two, in his presence, Jesus is going to judge you. And so I need to speak to you something that is that severe and important. What do you think it would be? Love your wife, 
Take care. Don't be a thing. Verse 2. Preach the word. The most, the most significant, what's that called? Delegated responsibility. What God has plopped in your lap is that the word of God be preached. Well, I had a problem because we never read the word. How could I preach what I don't read? I had to get into the word, and I have in the past 34 years. I've read the Old Testament in Hebrew. I read the New Testament in Greek. I, I pray the word. I meditate on the word. I search the word. I, I, I go to teaching conferences. I hang around with Bible teachers, with men of God. We, we follow Derek Prince all over the United States. These men who knew the word, who preached the word, who lived the word. He says, preach the word. Ready for this? This is the time frame. In a 24-hour period, you're supposed to preach in season and out of season. How many ever ever heard somebody tell you there are places and there are times, right? It's like, you don't have to. No, listen to me. When it's time and when it's not time. When you feel moved... And when you don't feel moved, what are you supposed to do? Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Open your mouth. Let God fill it with his Holy Spirit. Give somebody hope and good news. What is preach the word? Convince somebody. Convince somebody. Rebuke somebody. Exhort somebody. Be patient. You're going to need patience. If you're going to preach the word, you're going to have to be patient. Lord, give me patience. And with all teaching, as he tells them these words, you're going to stand before God. Jesus is going to judge you. Preach the word. Verse 3, why? The time will come where people won't want to hear anything solid. The time will come where people will not, the preaching of the word will fall on deaf ears and people, according to their own desires, not God's desires, the preaching of God's word is according to God's desires. They will heap up for themselves teachers to eat itch their itching ears. I want to know more. I, 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 want to, I want to go into a class where they teach me how to meditate with yoga. I want to know more of spiritual stuff. And you know something? You won't endure sound doctrine. You won't endure the simple preaching of the word. I've asked the Lord in this church for the past 20 years, God, don't make me complicated and sophisticated. What could be more simple this morning than to tell the church, preach the word? Preach the word. And do it with exuberance. Do it with excitement. Look for God in what's going on. When the word comes out, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, it'll be like a light that shines in darkness. For the God who said, let there be light, remember the beginning in Genesis, has made his light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. The same God who at the beginning said, let there be light, now gives us the opportunity in preaching the word to let that light shine. 2 Peter 1.19, we also have the scriptures, the word, the prophetic message as something that's completely reliable, which you do well to listen to the preaching as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. It's going to be full day and we're going to inherit all these things we've been preaching about for so many years Psalm 119 105 as we preach your word we know that it will be a lamp to the feet of those who hear it and a light to his path Psalm 19 verse 7 the law of the Lord is perfect you don't need to add to it there's a lot of people that want to make it sophisticated and deep it restores the soul it converts the soul it allows the soul to say you know something I need God this testimony of the Lord is sure, and it makes wise the simple. I, I'm, I'm freaking out. The George Carver Washington is a, a black man in the South. 
he grew up listening to the preaching of the word and he was one of the greatest scientists that ever lived because when the word comes forth the mind begins to lighten up and God begins to give you revelations and he begins to reveal mysteries and show you secrets all this by the preaching of the word verse 8 the precepts of the Lord are right they bring joy to the heart when one man was telling me he wanted to commit suicide he was super depressed and sad I said because you're far from the word the, 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 the greenhouse effect is if we're in the presence where the word of God is being preached and we're not putting hype to it and we're not adding to it we're not taking away you will naturally progress towards healing the commandments of the Lord are pure. They enlighten the eyes. I'm sure that all the blessings of having preached the word these 20 years at Spring of Life have brought endless, endless amounts of blessing over our lives and our families. It's been a good thing to be in a place where the word of God is preached. The fear of the Lord, verse 9, is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter than honey. Dripping from the honeycomb. Verse 11, moreover by them your servant is giving a warning. In keeping them there is great reward. There's a warning, there's a reward. Verse 12, who can discern when he's walked in error? Acquit me of my hidden faults, secret areas of my life I don't know about. It's the preaching that reveals those things in our lives. Verse 13, keep your servant back from being presumptuous, thinking he knows it all. Let that not have dominion over me, an attitude of presumption. Let that not take over. Let me be blameless. And I shall be acquitted of committing great transgression. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. It's the word of God, it's the preaching of his word that we have protected in this place. A lot of people want to come here and they want to divest the sheep in some manner, in some deception, in some distraction. We've always tried to keep the word at the forefront. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, Paul says, we do not preach ourselves. There's not a time on this pulpit for 20 years that I say that I am the answer to what you got going on. We've always said Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He has provision for you that goes crazy. We're just his servants. We do not preach ourselves. You don't have to convince people that you're the greatest Christian that ever lived. Tell them about the love of God. Tell them about what God did on the cross. It was funny because Nicky Cruz says the day that he got saved, David Wilkerson got up in front of all the gangs. There was about 2,000 young people. They were going to fight in that theater to see who would last, who would be the last standing. And he says when the preacher started preaching, he says, because Mary Magdalene was a prostitute and Jesus healed them. He's like, big deal. There's a lot of prostitutes in New York. And he says like this, the demon-possessed man confronted Jesus on the road and he cast out his demon and Nikki says I would have shot him with my gun done deal and I'm more demon possessed than him he says there's a lot of demons here but then when he got into the preaching of the word and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross Nikki couldn't stand it and he broke down and began to weep so it's not adding trying to be sophisticated it's just a simple tell people what Jesus did for them on the cross tell him what happened because a lot of people he says I had never heard that story I had never heard the story uh, Nikki says of how Jesus was abused and how violent they, they, they abused him and hurt him and so that was what broke his heart we don't preach ourselves we preach Jesus 1 Corinthians 9.16 here's what Paul says 1 Corinthians 9.16 he says I'm in big trouble for I preach the gospel and I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. How I many you know some people that says, I'm just not good at it? You better get good at it. Open your mouth and tell somebody about God. Tell them about Jesus. The gospel means good news in Greek. 
Go and tell somebody that Jesus died to forgive their sins and to take them to heaven. Tell somebody, preach the word. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul says, you know something? I'd rather not live if I'm living without preaching the word. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so the word that goes out from the mouth of God, it shall never return void. You, you never understand what it's going to accomplish, but it shall accomplish what I please to prosper the thing for which I sent it. I, I've never seen, and this, is, this has been our standard here at Spring of Life, whatever word the Lord gives the preacher that stands in this pulpit, there's going to be a supernatural grace for us to walk in it. If God comes and brings a preacher and he says, Jesus heals, trust me, he wants to heal you. He's not saying that for not. If he says, I want to forgive you, trust me, he wants to forgive you. If he wants to make you whole, if he wants to restore you, whatever the preaching that comes out is not to be returned with no, um, what they say when, when the mail goes out, non-return address, right? Nobody's home. That's not the purpose of the word of God. When he sends it out, it's to prosper those things for which he sent it. And I, I really believe that, that in these last days, what's going to keep people from deception and distraction and defilement is the preaching of his word. There's, not, there's no other element. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy 3.15. Paul tells to Timothy, you know that since you were a child, it was the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the, it's the preaching of the word, the holy scriptures. And so that, that is the admonition for the last days. Let's go to verse 14. When there are imposters, you must continue. Look, verse 13. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. What is the healing or the salvation for a dark existence of a, col uh, uh, of a culture that's twisted. Verse 15, the preaching of his word. The holy scriptures. From childhood they have kept you in faith that is in Christ Jesus. So it's the preaching of the word that will save us in these last days. Look what I wrote here. How do we move the work of the kingdom forward? How do we win souls and people's heart to Christ? You tell me. Preach the word. How do you win souls? Nobody knows. Preach the word. How do you strengthen a new Christian? Preach the word. There's nothing else that's going to help that guy but the word of God. How do you teach doctrine? By preaching. How do you create greater love and worship for the Lord? By the lively preaching of his word. How criminal it is for people to grab this book and make it boring. Have you know, you know people like that? Well, open up your Bibles to John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Really? Really, that doesn't excite you that you were going to hell and Jesus Christ is bringing you to heaven as a gift by his grace, by his mercy? That, that needs to move us. These scriptures that make us wise for salvation. How do we help somebody? who's wayward in their existence, preach the word. How do you correct somebody who's in error or heresy by preaching the word? How do you convert an entire nation in the book of Jonah? Go and preach the word. Go and preach the word. Revelations 22, 18 says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If Anyone adds, if you add to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19. And if anyone takes away, oh, I, I'm not going to read this part because it's going to offend somebody. Listen, you better preach the word in season, out of season, and just like it is. You can't soften it up. God shall take away, if anyone takes away from the words of this book, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Let's stand here this morning and, and, and tell God, Lord, I need a new filling in my life.
First Peter 4.11 says how we're to preach the word. It says, like if God himself were talking. Sometimes I have to tell people, I don't have a heaven. I, I don't have a way to let you in. I need to tell you that if Jesus does not wash away your sins by the, the blood of the lamb, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't come in. And he says, well, you're very evil. You're very, you're very mean. No, it's not me. I don't own heaven. If anyone speaks, let him speak as if God himself were speaking. How would God? That's, that's one of the powerful things in our experience. And I was telling uh, Pastor Richie Ray these days, I was saying, you know what? The way you guys taught us is to keep it simple. To keep it sincere. That's all, that's all we know how to do. We, we, we're not into the brouhaha. We're not into the show. We're not into the performance. We're not into the... To, it's just preaching the word. If the word of God that's being preached has no effect in you, you render it void because of your familiarity. Jesus came and he says, this is not doing good for you because you become so comfortable. Your traditions... I don't know what, the, what, what was going on with the Jewish people. They missed it all. And when Jesus came, they didn't recognize him. And he says, the word of God has no effect in you because you've become too familiar. You're too comfortable. You're too used to the word. And then some people come for the first time, and the word of God, they just weep the whole time. They're weeping, and they're before God's presence saying, Lord, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Father, as we close out our service at Spring of Life Fellowship, let us be a church that walks according to your mandate to go to all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. Allow your spirit, Father God, to revive the living word and to issue it forth to the lives of those that are lost, those that are hurting, those that are sick, and allow your salvation to come with power and revival. We pray, O oh God, that we might know that one day we're before God and we're before Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and that our admonition is to preach the word in season and out of season. Make us apt for these things. Prepare us to be able to know what's in the word and that we proclaim it and that it would be our herald and that it would keep us on the course we should go. For you belong the glory, the honor, the power. Father God, move in a mighty way in these last days in our lives and may the preaching of your word never fall to the ground in our lives. May that good seed produce good fruit, a harvest that glorifies your name. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. One last thing, one last thing. Preach the word. God bless you. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.